0: to this edition of Back to Basics with Pastor Brian Broderson.
1: You know, if I don't pray much, it just shows that I'm really more dependent on myself or others than I am on God. A person with a strong prayer life is a person who says, you know, I need the Lord. And of course, we all need the Lord. But praying is something that you find consistently marking the lives of people that God has used throughout history.
0: Today on Back to Basics, Pastor Brian continues his study in the book of Acts. Join us as Pastor Brian begins his teaching on Acts, chapters 3 through 4, in a message titled, The People God Uses. Now, here's Pastor Brian.
1: All right, we are back in some of the verses that we have previously covered, but I wanted to kind of pause and before we go on in the the story, I wanted to take a closer look at the events that surrounded the healing of this lame man. So everything we read about today, of course, goes back to what is recorded for us in the third chapter. So we're going to go back and forth between chapters three and four today. And I want to look specifically at the apostles, Peter and John, and see by observing them in this situation, what we can learn about the people God uses. So that's our message today. And what I want us to see is that there are certain habits, there are certain practices, there are certain things that are common to those people that God have used, people that God has used in the distant past, like we have recorded for us here in the Bible, Uh, but people that uh, God has also used throughout the history of the church, people that God would be using today. There are similar things that everyone who's used by God has in common. And so we wanna look at those things to the end that we would ourselves be used by the Lord. So we're gonna look at those things in a moment, but before we do that, there are three things that I wanna say. Number one God wants to use you. God wants to use you. That is part of his plan for your life is that he would use your life for his purposes. When I was a a really uh, young Christian, I'll never forget when I first heard this verse I want to share with you. And I can't remember if I read it or if somebody told me about it, but I was so amazed when I discovered this verse, it's 2 Chronicles 16, 9, and it says this, for the eyes of the Lord go to and fro throughout the whole earth, looking to show himself strong on behalf of those whose hearts are loyal to him. And I remember when I first heard that, I thought, wow, that is so amazing. Because even in those early days, I felt within me, you know, I felt a desire. I wanted to do something for God. And then to find out that God is actually looking for people that he can work through, that just really, really fascinated me and excited me and, you know, helped me in moving forward and serving the Lord because I knew that, that he wanted to work through my life. So I want all of us to know that right up front. God wants to use you. Secondly, we need to know this. There is so much joy and fulfillment in being used by God. You know, this is really true. When, when God uses you, there's there's something that happens where you just, man, you just feel like, wow, this is just what I was created for. and it, And it causes... Uh, a real joy to well up within us. It causes us to just have a, a real sense of fulfillment when we're used by the Lord. I was speaking to a lady earlier, and she actually came up to tell me this after the first service this morning. She said, hey, I wanna tell you about, you know, something that happened this week. She was all excited and she pulled out her phone and she had a photograph of a group of people and she said, see this lady here? And I said, yes, and she said, see this man here? Yes, and so she launches into this story about how the lady was brought by a friend to our sewing clutch. She's not a believer, she's from China. The the lady speaking to me is Chinese. And um, so she meets this lady at the sewing clutch and she finds out that they have some distant connection with each other they actually have the same last name they came from the same province in China all of this interesting stuff so she but the lady's not a believer so she ta- asks ask her to go out to coffee so she takes her out to coffee they're having a conversation in Chinese that there's a man sitting by he overhears him he comes up and says are you speaking you know Chinese to one another or Mandarin or w- what, whichever word he used I'm not sure but and they said yes we are you want to sit down and talk with us yes he did so he sat down So anyway, to make a long story short, she got to lead both of those people to Christ that day, and she was so (laughs) fired up just to tell me the story, but as she was telling me the story, and as I could see this excitement in her, I thought, yeah, this is it. You know, this is exactly what happens. When God uses you, it is an occasion for much joy. So that's the second thing. The third thing is this. God uses ordinary people. God uses ordinary people. Now, we see that in the, in the text. Remember that last verse that John read to us there, verse 13 of chapter four. Remember what it says, that the, these leaders, as, as Peter and John are standing before them, it says that they marveled because they were uneducated and untrained men. Now, the the words that are used there, uneducated, means not that they were uneducated in the sense that they were, you know, ignorant or unintelligent. It means that they had not gone through the academic system. They had not gone through the theological universities at the time. So they recognize that that was the case but the second thing where it says they were untrained the word there is really more properly translated as they were common they were common people or another way to put it is they were ordinary and this is what they were marveling at these ordinary guys they're just guys and obviously this notable miracle had taken place they couldn't deny it and so we see through that that God uses ordinary people. God has made it his general practice to use ordinary people. Now you can certainly find cases where, you know, here's an extraordinarily intelligent person or something like that, that God has saved and used. Obviously that happens, but the majority of people have been ordinary people. The people that have had the greatest impact for the kingdom of God in the world throughout history have been ordinary people. And Paul, writing to the Corinthians, who lived in a very much philosophical environment, of course, they were Greeks, and therefore, philosophy was a huge part of their culture. Paul, writing to the Corinthians, he said this. He said, for consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. Now, it's so important for us to know this, because the moment you have a sense that God wants to use you or or the moment something comes to your mind that you might do for the Lord you know what's going to happen you're going to have a thought in your mind that says you know who are you I mean you know you're just such an ordinary person I mean are, do you think God really would want to use you oh that that's never going to happen but now you know when that thought comes like well maybe I could do this for the Lord and immediately like well you're just ordinary now you can say yes I am an ordinary person, and those are the people that God uses. So I wanted us to just have that as kind of our foundation, and and now I want to, to move on and look at certain things about these guys here in the story, and through that, learning from them about the people that God uses. So the first thing I want you to notice is in the very first verse of chapter three where it tells us that Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer. So here's the first thing we learn. They prayed. People that God uses are people who pray. Now, praying, of course, is we're talking to God. And also, as we're praying, we are Expressing faith because we're not going to pray if we don't believe there's a God. So we're praying, expressing faith that there is a God. And we're also really acknowledging our dependency upon God. You know, if I don't pray much, it just shows that I'm really more dependent on myself or others than I am on God. A person with a, a strong prayer life is a person who says, you know, I need the Lord. And of course, if we're all thinking correctly, we all need the Lord. But praying is something that you find consistently marking the lives of people that God have used God has used throughout history. You find it in the Bible, you find it in the history of the church, the men and women that have been significantly or powerfully used, you find that they're people who prayed. So that's the first thing we see. The second thing we see is that they were men who knew God's Word. If you go down to the 22nd verse, now remember here in the story, the lame man is healed. This causes a big crowd to gather around. Peter then begins to preach the gospel to them. And in the course of preaching, telling them about Jesus who had risen from the dead. In verse 22, he says, for Moses truly said to the fathers, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brethren him you shall hear in all things whatever he says to you and then verse 24 yes and all the prophets from Samuel and those who follow as many as have spoken have foretold of these days so what we see here with Peter is that Peter knew God's word now remember what the leaders said about these men they're uneducated who who are these uneducated people how is it that they could do this well they were uneducated in as much as they didn't go to seminary they didn't have a thd or an mdiv but they certainly had the most important thing they had the knowledge of god's word peter was a fisherman remember he was an ordinary guy john was a fisherman but they knew the word of god and this is the truth that the people that god uses are people who know his word because it's through god's word that he works We live in a world full of confusion. We live in a world full of questions. And guess what? God has the answer. So people are confused. People have questions. How do we help them? Well, we need to be able to speak God's word to them. But I have to know God's word if if I'm going to speak God's word. And so these men, ordinary as they were, they were men who knew the word of God. They were able to speak it into the situation there. They were able to address the issues of the day with the word of God. And that's what God wants to be able to do through us as well. That's, that's how God's gonna use us if we know his word and we're able to communicate it to others. I was telling the, the last service how I think sometimes, you know, I've mentioned before that I like social media and you have things like Twitter and Instagram, all of that stuff. And um, Twitter in particular is a platform where, you know, a lot of times you'll have, there's a lot of news on Twitter, but then there's a lot of quotations and things like that. So it's pretty obvious that people are always sort of trying to one-up each other sometimes on like, you know, I got this great quote from this guy or that guy and putting that out there. And that's all good. I like to do that myself. But I thought, you know, I mean, can you ever improve upon just basically quoting a scripture? Because if you want to talk about great people's words, well, the scripture is God's word. You don't get any greater than that. You don't get anything that's more powerful than that. And so, the word of God is that instrument that God uses to transform people's lives. So if we're going to be used by God, and being used by God means in some way or another, getting that truth to people. So we have got to be ourselves immersed in God's word. So second thing, third thing we see with Peter, if we go back over into the fourth chapter, they're right in that story that we read today, that part of the account. In verse 8, it says concerning Peter in response to them, it says then Peter filled with the Holy Spirit said to them. So here's a third thing that we see, that these men were filled with the Spirit. And and being filled with the Spirit in many ways is it's really kind of the Outcome of the first two things you know if you're a person who genuinely is in prayer, if you're a person who sincerely is in god's word, seeking him and to know his will, you know you're going to be filled with the spirit but it's it's the filling with the spirit that actually gives us the ability to do the things that God calls us to do so if god's calling you to do something which he is then know this, he's gonna fill you with his spirit and give you the power to do it. Now, we've already seen in the story here, they were filled with the spirit earlier. That caused them to do many things. But we just see, again, Peter just having like a fresh filling of the spirit. So those things are kind of those, you know, first things that are, are there in the lives of people that God uses. Prayer, the word, filled with the spirit. But then, as we go back to the story, we see that there's also this vital thing of taking steps of faith. Now, had there been no step of faith, there would be no story. <laughs> it was the step of faith that Peter took. Now, remember back in the story, they're, they're passing it. they're going into the temple to pray. They passed this man. They probably had passed this man before. But they, they're passing him this time. He's been there regularly. He's asking for alms. And as this time as they're passing by, and he's asking, Peter locks his eyes on him, it says. And, and then Peter says to him, you remember, he says, silver and gold we do not have, but, but what I have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the hand and he pulled him up. And the man began to walk and to leap and to praise God. Now, I want to tell you, Peter had to take a step of faith in order for that to happen. Because I know this for a fact, everything I've ever done, anybody who's ever taken a step of faith will tell you that a step of faith is always preceded by doubts and fears and worry and questions about what if this doesn't work. So I would imagine that for Peter, as he's you know, looking at this man intently that, and in his heart and mind, he's sensing that the Lord wants to heal him. I would imagine that even at that very moment, he was also thinking that is a crazy thought. I can't do that. You know, Jesus did that stuff, but I I can't do that. You know, I thought I could walk on the water and I tried and that didn't work out too well either. I sunk. So, you know, Peter's probably thinking, no, 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 let me just get a shekel out and give it to him. But there's something there that he senses that God wants to do something. So he has to risk, and this is what taking steps of faith is, taking steps of faith a risk. He has to risk looking utterly stupid if he says, stand up and walk, and the guy just sits there. So that's that's a possibility. But he has got to push against all of that, and just take the step and go. That's what we have to do too. Because listen, whenever you start to move in the direction of doing something for the Lord, all of those same kinds of things are gonna come up in your head. You're gonna think, well, who am I to ever think that I could do anything like that? I'm just an ordinary person. We've already talked about that. You're also gonna think, well, gosh, what if it doesn't, you know, what if I'm wrong, or what if it doesn't happen? And guess what else is gonna happen? When you tell people, you know, I think the Lord wants me to do this, they're going to go, oh, that's ridiculous. God doesn't want you to do that. You're going to have to fight against all of that stuff. But that is just the way it is because living by faith, taking steps of faith, which everyone has to do, which is the way the church has advanced throughout the ages because people have done this. You have to push through all of those objections. You have to step out into the unknown is really a good way to, see it. Because the situation that calls for faith is always a situation that's beyond you. If it's not beyond you, you don't need any faith. If you can figure it all out in advance, you don't need any faith. But guess what? Most of what we do as Christians requires faith. It doesn't make sense. You can't figure it all out. But you sense that God is saying, listen, I want you to do this. And you're like, oh, oh, gosh, okay, I guess. And so we were in the Middle East recently. We were in the country of Cyprus and we were there doing a conference and our friends who pastor a church there in Paphos, the city of Paphos in Cyprus. So the previous year when we went to visit them, they their church was in a home and it was in a residential area. It was very beautiful the way it was set up, but it you know, it was in a home in a residential area and everybody agreed that they needed to get out of that residential area and to get more into a a location that was accessible, you know, something that people could see. So when I was there the first year, the pastor, his name is Tim, he took me to look at this old dilapidated hotel and see, you know, maybe we could get that and turn that into a church. And it was, uh, no, it just wasn't going to work. But it was obvious that they needed a new building. So we come back to Cyprus this year. We find out, I didn't know this, we find out they've got a new building. They've got a storefront right on the main street in the town, and it's just this amazing thing. It's just the perfect setup. It's a perfect location. It's everything that we had talked about the year before. So I say to Tim, how did this happen? And he says, well, here's what happened. So, you know, he was putting feelers out. He heard about this place, knew that it was available got together with the owner, told him who he was, talked about the possibility of getting it, and everything was wonderful until the price came up. And so the guy, you know, Tim says, so, you know, what are we looking at here as far as cost? The guy tells him, and in Tim's mind, he's like, well, that's never going to happen because we don't have, not only do we not have that kind of money, we don't have any money. And so... (laughs) You know, they go on in the conversation a little further, and the guy sort of presses him like, so, well, what do you want to do? You know, if you're interested, great. If you're not, then I got to move on to the next customer. So he says to Tim, he says, so what do you want to do? And Tim goes, we'll take it. (laughs) And as he said, we'll take it, he's thinking into my mind, what am I saying? Why did I say we'll take it? We don't have any money. But he, he just had a sense from the Lord, he was supposed to just trust God and take a step of faith. So he did. And then he told me that a couple days later, he gets a letter in the mail. He gets a check. A friend says, Hey, you know, God just put it on our heart to give you here's 10,000 bucks. And then a couple days later, another check comes in the mail for the same amount. And so all of a sudden they've got like 35 grand that has just come in seemingly out of nowhere, but it's exactly what they needed to be able to acquire the place and to be able to get get it, you know, set up. It's funny, because when we were there a couple weeks ago, uh, we kind of just felt like, you know, we need to help them out a little bit. They still got some construction. So we got home and the board, we talked about, you know, sending them a little bit of money. And so we sent it and uh, Tim just got back to us and said, you know, thank God, because we had absolutely no money to finish up. And thank you so much for the gift that you guys sent, because that will help us to do it. But I tell you that story because it's just an illustration of the way it goes. This is what taking steps of faith is like. A few years back, several years ago now, I visited a friend up in uh, Glasgow, Scotland with another friend. We were there together with a friend named Martin, and Martin, he's an engineer by trade and he that's his, you know, that's what he does vocationally. And Phil Pachonas and I, Phil has since gone to be with the Lord, but uh, we were there with Martin walking around the city of Glasgow one warm spring evening. And we just turned to Martin and said, you know, M- Martin, we think the Lord wants you to start a church in- here in Glasgow. And he's looking at us like, no, the Lord doesn't want me to do that. I'm not doing that. I'm an engineer. I'm fine. I'm actually thinking about moving to America. He's married to an American gal. And, um, but you know, the more we talked, the more he began to be sort of convinced that God was speaking to him. So, he is today pastoring a church there in Glasgow. Now, um, also, as we were walking around the city, we, Phil and I, were partners in Creation Fest. So we thought, you know, seems like the Lord might want to do something here with Creation Fest.
0: For the month of March, Back to Basics Radio is offering a book titled One Minute Answers to Skeptics Concise Responses to the Top 50 Objections and Questions by Charlie Campbell Learn how to give a defense for the faith in a conversational style and strengthen your own confidence in the existence of God and the reliability of the Word The book One Minute Answers to Skeptics by Charlie Campbell is our gift to say thank you for your donation to Back to Basics So we encourage you to call us right now at 1-800-733-6443 or visit us online at backtobasicsradio.com We'd also like to remind you that all of our other resources are waiting for you at backtobasicsradio.com or by calling our request line at 1-800-733-6443 That's 1-800-733-6443 Our desire is to encourage you in your daily walk with God. We'll continue next time with more valuable insights from Pastor Brian as we study together in the book of Acts. Back to Basics is the preaching and teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California.